Welcome back to Trending in Education. Dan Trafford, Brandon Jones, and Michael Palmer along with you. And today we talk about learning styles and maybe more so the myth of learning styles and uh, continuing work to debunk the idea uh, of how one learns is specific uh, to a specific type of intake. Uh, Mike, Brandon, an interesting topic we've uh, researched and read and and looked at for a couple of weeks now. Uh, Happy to get into it. But first, always like to hear, Mike, uh, how are you doing this week and what's new in your world? I'm doing good. I'm uh, I'm trying to apply what we talk about on the show in my day to day life. And uh, today's an interesting uh, example of that where, uh, you know, we talk a lot about learning styles and, uh, you know, we'll get into the myths and the the truths uh, under that hood. But uh, but I do. I try to think about myself in the context of the topics that we're talking about. And uh, uh, I've kind of I've come to realize I think I'm a kinesthetic learner. I think I really learn through dance and uh, and through movement. So so I think really for the remainder of this show, uh, you know, I'm going to try to express myself not just with words, but also with my 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 kinesthetic uh, presence in, in space. Brandon, enjoy that. Uh, Brandon, what about yourself? What's new in your world? Well, that's now new. <laughs> so uh, my report back on how my world is is uh, changed cha- drastically. Yeah. yeah, it's you know it's a living, breathing thing. Um, yeah, I uh, uh, I'm doing well. Uh, it's uh, it's almost it's some summertime here in New York City yes. uh, already, which is which is nice. Uh, speaking of a kinesthetic learner, I, I just went to a. Uh, my first dance recital uh, from my daughters. Ah, nice. So she is That's three and a half been at the uh, Alvin Ailey School. Oh, yeah. Um, taking dance sure. uh, in their first steps program. Over in uh, Hell's Kitchen. In the HK. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, my daughter says has to say hell all the time. I think it's kind of funny. Uh, I guess that's not a bad word here anymore, but um, it's where she's it's where she's from. Yeah. Um, and uh, it was it was pretty cool. So uh, they are they are actually learning kinesthetics. I don't think they are necessarily kinesthetic learners, as we'll learn about on on today's pod. Oh, oh, tease. Yeah, yeah. but uh, but uh, that was it was it was pretty neat. Um, and uh, saw the they did a cool thing actually, and and this is also in the theme of learning. They they did um, so it was a about a sixty minute recital, which I, I'm so dumb. I went in thinking I was like, I can't believe that my daughter's gonna be dancing for sixty minutes. <laughs> and uh, my my uh, my parents were there. They're they're t- they're like. You really thought that, so I did. I really did think that. Um, but it was uh, it was her class and a series of classes. But they showed a progression. They did them sequentially by age. So mm. the the youngest, in which my my daughter is in that group, they went first, and then the next youngest, and so on. And there were five different groups. The last of which were actually the um, high schoolers. Uh-huh. So the first were like threes, and then fours, and then fives, and then sixes, and then you saw finally, you know, what the finished product could look like. And sure. it was pretty cool showing you sort of a through line of the future for your child, mm-hmm. uh, should she choose to to stay in uh, in dance. Um, that was uh, that was pretty neat. So I was I was thinking about uh, kinesthetics. I was thinking about learning, sure. yeah. and yeah. Uh, I think let's uh, let's talk a little bit more about let's that. Do it. We have our next uh, recital coming up in, in a couple of weeks, so I'll report back for my middle child how that goes. It's an extravaganza. It's so many kids, uh, and uh, it's funny you say the hell thing. Both my older daughters love the song "Shut Up and Dance with Me" because they're allowed to say "Shut Up" then. Uh, so it's a fun, fun right, play with words, right? Uh, yeah. That, yeah, yeah. They get to have. But Mike, uh, this topic has been one we've talked with and around, and and in stops and starts 
parts on the show, obviously, because it sort of is part of all learning and all education. We've made mention of different learning styles and we've discussed people listening to this podcast and how audio might affect the way you learn or video or what it might all be. Um, maybe a high level uh, viewpoint from you uh, of uh, the myths that are out there and, and sort of the work that uh, you've looked at and the work that uh, we've done here even uh, uh, talking about learning styles and, and why it's so important to understand uh, the thought of them and why they may not, in fact, be uh, properly uh, attributed to people. Yeah, I, I think part of why learning styles are so fascinating, uh, I think it's two, it's twofold. One is the fact that we naturally gravitate towards the idea of them, like so that there's something very persuasive, appealing to the concept uh, is the first part that, that, may, that I think is really interesting. Uh, and then the second part is that they're generally not based on good science. Uh, so, so it's good, it's good fodder for like a myth busting, um, angle. And, uh, and I think that's a good service that, that we can pay, uh, our listeners, uh, and folks, folks we're engaging with, uh, by talking about, uh, trying to get at more what's, what's fair and appropriate to, to do and to think about around understanding, uh, traits and attributes and personality and all these types of things. And then what's actually dangerous and, uh, what we want folks to steer, steer clear of. Plus the constructs themselves are going to be fun to talk about. So, uh, so yeah, no, uh, I think a bunch of different directions to go, but I think it's generally top level. It's a little bit of a, you know, kind of a myth busting, uh, angle, uh, and the fact that, the concept of learning styles is very uh, seductive and appealing. Brandon, for yourself, uh, obviously in our day-to-day -day work and, and being an educator uh, over time, uh, it's a, a myth to break down, right? For how people learn and how people go about learning. Uh, how important do you think it is to understand this as a topic, to, to really break it down and even go a bit further to help explain to other people how uh, this largely is a myth and something that needs to be understood better? Yeah, I'm I'm of a couple minds on this. Uh, I'm of four different learning style lines. Um, I, I think I actually have a, a little bit of a hot take. I, I think uh, maybe I'm, I'll I'll serve it up now. Although yeah. uh, perhaps it would be better uh, after we've gotten out the actual debunking of the myth. But so here are some things I think. I think we don't know that much about most things that involve the brain. Mm -hmm. You know, we're we're when you think about the history of human history, we're at like. We're, we're pretty deep into the history and we know very little still. So I think uh, I'm inclined to believe the research that suggests that this is uh, to be debunked. Mm -hmm. But I'm also, I, I also would sprinkle, sprinkle in a little dash of not sure that we know how much we know. For sure. That's one thing I think. And the, and the second thing is, um, I think that where it becomes a problem is when learners themselves think that they can't learn something if it's not being taught in the way in that sort of hues to the type of learner they think they are. Yep. I think that the the risk for instructors is less great because I think if you're if you think that there are these four different learning styles which we'll get into in a second um, uh, and it's wrong what what I think you're likely to do is to have have um, uh, sort of a divergent set of styles of, of instruction, right? Or, or have multiple instructional modes so that you're capturing the learning style and making air quotes here of everybody in the class. And what I think that probably does is lead to a more engaging classroom environment for everyone. Yep. So it could be actually that despite having the wrong perception, the wrong belief based on this faulty science, mm -hmm. 
that that actually yields some better outcomes. Sure. Um, so like that, that's why I, I, uh, I'm of a couple minds on this. Like I think people should know, and I think it's always funny when people believe something that just the current belief is that that's not true. Um, right. That, uh, you know, it's the, the Nelson Mandela died in prison. Like people believe that, but it's not true. Right. Uh, I think it's, it's good to do a little debunking. I think that is a valuable service we can provide. Sure. But I wonder if it's so bad that people, at least educators, the, the, if they, they believe the wrong thing. Yeah, I think, I, I think that's a fair point. And uh, it does strike some tones around universal design for learning and uh, the idea of like surprising the learner by exploring different uh, modes of learning and different ways to deliver uh, curricula and study plans. Um, I, you know, the, we talked about the VARC model. So like the, 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 the predominant learning style, uh, construct out there is the idea of VARC, uh, which is a nice acronym. It's, it's so it's, good. It's, it sounds like something yeah, like a VARC. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, I was thinking if AARP, uh, did something about learning styles. It could be the art VARC. It'd be the art VARC. Yeah. It's yeah, so good. yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so that, that was entertain that entertained me at least. But, um, but the idea that, uh, the learner, uh, has certain proclivities and orientations that are either visual, that's the V, auditory, uh, that's the, the A, uh, reading, R, and then K, kinesthetic, which was my joke. Um, not joke. Uh, I'm just not, I'm not actually dancing right now, uh, just, uh, just to be fully, uh, fully transparent. Although I'm using my, I'm gesturing wildly right now. Uh, but, uh, but the idea that there might be other modes out there is another uh, way of thinking about it too. Uh, I was thinking like, what about the olfactory learner? Uh, what about people who learn through taste? Uh, there's, there's all sorts of learning styles. And I feel like we maybe could discover new ones uh, and introduce new ones to sort of provoke more creativity around how you design your lesson plans, how you think about the different types of contexts that are out there. And, and I would agree with your general point, uh, Brandon, that more experimentation and creativity to engage uh, a really varied set of learners that are out there. That point about learning styles, I, I think is a good one, even as the, the initial science that a lot of it was based on uh, was, was prone to some problems. Yeah, I, th I mean, you, j you joke, that I, you, I may or may not have been joking about dancing, but uh, yeah. you joke about people who learn through taste, but like the, one of the great uh, works of, of, uh, literature, I think was, is all summed up from the taste of a uh, Madeline, uh, sure. right? From yeah. remembrance of things past. So like there, the way that memory gets coded, uh, so I think, I think if we can agree that memory is associated with learning. Yes. And you just got a little Proustian. I did get a little yeah, Proustian. Thank you yeah. For that. Yeah. Thank yeah. You for that. Thank you for that. Um, but the, the way that, um, and so I think learning, learning is probably, I'm oversimplifying, but is probably, uh, most directly tied to how things are coded mm. and then how things are recalled. Mm -hmm. uh, and, um, you know, that, that's, a, that's a maybe a specific kind of learning because there's like learning. Sure. Um, like problem solving, insight, is different styles of learning right, be correct. less tied to that. But, but, yeah, but sure. if you go for that, like I, the, with the, the hooks that, that things get coded along with, um, you know, so that you can, you know, have a very um, – uh, vivid memory, uh, vivid recall from the from a from the smell of something or sure. from the taste of something. Yeah. I think those things are are real. So uh, this is again to the like the how, what what do we know? And I, I feel like that's a that's a rabbit hole that then you end up saying like why are we even doing this? Like I, I just right. stop listening. Like, right. Just take but, it from me. Just but, stop listening. But don't, but don't do that. Put yes. down your phone. Keep, don't, don't no no keep going. Don't ever do anything ever again. <laughs> um, but uh, 
it is one of the things that the a, a term that I learned as we were researching this is uh, neuromyth. Yes. So this is believed by so many people, including 90% of educators believe this, believe in the, a VARC style yes. uh, form. I, I can't get Art VARC out Arp of my Art VARC's <laughs> a winner. I couldn't resist, yeah. yeah. But, uh, but have a VARC style um, construct that they believe that that's a real thing. 90% of learners, so much so that it's, it's along the lines of, you know, we use 10% of our brains, right. uh, kind of neuromyth sure. or... You know, the the left half of your brain is for one thing. The right half is for something else. I think that's less true than uh, than popular belief. Right. But it gets uh, it, it it sort of is in the I don't know, zeitgeist is the word that you like to use zeitgeisty. Uh, it's just in the it's in the popular canon of things that people believe. Yeah, and those myths are real. You know, those myths actually those myths are myths. They exist. Yeah, like even if even if they're they're not based purely on fact, just like, you know, our mythological understanding of our own history and like the myth of the mind and the myth of, uh, you know, I've heard people talk about the model of the learner. Uh, Like when you're coming up with a conceptual model of who a learner is, there's a lot of mythology and storytelling involved in that. And like these constructs, which is why I think the fact that they resonate so much with us is that they seem truthy. Like there is a very truth-like quality to it, and we want those uh, those tools and heuristics and ways of thinking that help us think faster, move right. faster, make decisions, make better pr- predictions. Lots of times they're wrong and they're irrational, but um, absent a model uh, is probably worse than a model that resonates and maybe based on myths but it's still probably better than no model whatsoever and uh it almost argues like how do we refine the model how do we actually get at the truth because there probably is some truth to it that the main truth that i've seen in in the literature is uh is that different uh, not surprisingly different learning styles make more sense for different types of content right. so like you know learning dance probably better to move around than just to read than to do the r in, yeah in bark. or listen you know what i mean what i find uh I, great conversation thus far and i think uh, a lot of what you said both mike and Brent at the top is uh to one of the articles we had the atlantic article sort of says it's myth busting but more along the lines that vark limits the type of learning styles that are out there like it just sort of pigeonholes to four rather than being more open to a larger swath of how things uh, are and probably more of a venn diagram where things are cross-sectioning and there are different pieces to mike's point just now of of how we learn uh, i'm intrigued and maybe jumping the gun and if i am uh, feel free to to move on but how does this apply to the person who also says, I can't learn online or I can't learn in person? I can't learn. You know, it seems like it's all this cross section. But Mike, for you, do you feel like that's an add on on top or is that part of this same exact conversation? I think that's a great ad, uh, actually, because it's it's almost like I'm a digital learner. And right. a lot of when people are talking about digital natives, it's because, uh, you know, the the emerging generations are growing up around digital assets and then they're learning how to engage with digital screens and uh, tools in a way that those of us of the older generations weren't. Um, I think there's something to that because like, I think that the, the level to which people gravitate towards the idea of digital natives um, is, is a bit like learning styles where it's sort of like I can see a behavior, therefore I'm going to attribute a style to the person who's demonstrating that behavior. So if I see my kid uh, you know, playing a lot of Minecraft and, uh, you know, she's on her phone all the time. I'm like, oh, that's 
that's because she has a digital learning style. And you could see something like that as opposed to me uh, as like, uh, uh, like hashtag olds, uh, yeah. as, as Brandon likes to refer to us. Um, I'm more of an analog learning style. And um, whether the science backs it up or not, I think immediately there's a certain level of realness to the construct yep. put out there. And I think people like that because sometimes education can become really hard, like ineffable. And then if you can turn it into something concrete and talk about a learning style, I think a lot of folks, uh, you know, gravitate towards that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, um, it's just, it becomes dangerous. So I think that that is the application you were just saying, like is, is, is right and interesting. I think it becomes dangerous when people start to say, I can't do X. Right. And I, I wonder if, part of just to tie some other threads, you know, zone of proximal development and Vygotsky. Yeah. Vygotsky. This is a Vygotsky you moment. Um, and, uh, you know, some of the other things we talked about, talked about on the pod, uh, learning is hard, right? Like when you're actually doing the hard work, when mm-hmm. you're not just in whatever part that is outside of the zone of proximal development, where right. you're just doing things that are easy, right. that um, I, I wonder if people, some people in some moments, this is probably true of everybody sometimes and maybe true of some people all the time, uh, just don't like the hard work. And so right. when they say, I'm not a visual learner right. or I'm not a, I'm not a reading yeah, learner, exactly. I, I'd rather rather look at pictures. Well, you just would rather do something that's easier. Yeah. I so learned, maybe you just don't like learning. I learned through, through gaming. Right? So <laughs> I, I, I wonder like if, if exactly, like I learned through napping. Yes. I'm a, I'm a, um, you, you too. I'm not alone. Yeah, I'm not alone. Yeah. I'm a napping learner. Nice. Uh, you know, so I, I think, um, it, it may be that if more, f- more folks knew and, and, you know, listener, tell a friend, uh, if more folks knew, more, more folks knew that this was maybe not so based on actual science that they would recognize in themselves in some of those moments that it's not that they're not learning that way. It's just that, that, that they don't want to do the hard work right then. And it's okay. Right. But I think rather than say, you know what? Oh, I'm not, a, I'm not an auditory learner, so right. I'm not going to ever listen again. Right. You should say, I'm not jiving with this right now because there's something where my mind would rather be. I'd rather be doing something else. And so right. I'll come back and listen to it later. And then maybe, uh, you know, egads, I will discover that, in fact, I am an auditory learner along with everything else. Yeah. And, and, and just to kind of build on that, like, uh, you know, the growth mindset angle, uh, you know, the, the dweck yourself before you wreck yourself. Uh, we got to get our merch. Together, Absolutely. Socks, socks are coming soon. Socks are coming soon. That, All one, right. that one's definitely going to get the hat. It's like, come it's on. It's got to be the hat. On. It's the hat and the T-shirt. Yeah. It's the whole ensemble. The mug. But uh, yeah, get a load of this mug. But uh <laughs> But, but the idea that uh, being limit, self-limiting by over-attributing some style to yourself, Absolutely. as opposed to I'm more, you know, getting back to like the saber learning thinking, I'd almost as, a, as an instructor and as a learner, I'd almost want to think of myself as like a five-tool player where I can learn, let's, let's add olfactory as a, as a Varco. Uh, so like, <laughs> like I'm a five-tool Varco guy and, uh, you know, I want to really understand uh, – you know, wine, for example, which I do, you know, the olfactory aspect and the taste That's for real. of understanding yeah. wine is like legit. And it's like, I want to be, you know, like we're kind of like Renaissance people as learners in the, the 21st century. And uh, rather than viewing it as like a typing exercise, it's more identifying the axes that you could grow on 
and try to understand as yep. many dimensions that you could grow on as a learner. It, it does feel as though uh, it's almost a self-fulfilling prophecy when I say I just learn by reading, then I'm going to just learn by reading. I'm going to shut myself off to those other things and, and it's not going to be possible because I've said so. Uh, growth mindset, uh, track yourself before you wreck yourself. Um, now, as we talk through and we figure out where uh, this all goes, Brandon, you mentioned instructors before. Is it more important for teachers to recognize in students the better way they learn? So for an instructor to believe more in this and recognize in a student, oh, they at least respond better to auditory. They respond better to reading and be maybe more in tune with this. As a learner, maybe forget about VARC, get outside of it and not try to put yourself in a silo. But as an instructor, is it more important for us to hone in and say, okay, this student responds better to visual stimulation, to visual teaching, uh, and really increase the way we reach students? I don't think so. I, I think that's um, that's application of faulty science. I think that it's more, I think teachers should be learning about how people learn. I would be on to the Sabre learning uh, construct. I, I bet that it's, I would posit uh, or hypothesize that there's more difference in how students learn vis-a-vis -vis the time of day or their uh, state of being rested mm -hmm. or being, you know, well-nourished. Hydration. Hydrate, yeah. Stay, like TB12, baby. Yeah. Um, that uh, I, I would bet that that would have a bigger impact on students' actual learning than the mode that you were delivering it. So mm -hmm. what I what – I, I worry about pigeonholing children just in really in any way. Like this student is good at math, but she's not good at history. Right. Nah, maybe it's that she hasn't found something that really captivates her imagination in sure. history. So I think um, I would say to the 90%, it's 90% is such a high number. That's crazy. The 90% of teachers who believe this, yeah. uh, I would take hopefully what you are doing, believing that and having your lesson plans be, um, varied and involve lots of different things. I would still do that. Yeah. But I, I would, I wouldn't do it to the point where, uh, I would do it for the purpose of keeping things engaging because yes. that I think the engaged learner is more likely to learn than the disengaged learner. Yes. But don't say, you know, Sally is visual and Bobby is, is, um, is kinesthetic. Yes. Uh, although, I, I think the although Bobby can get down. <laughs> yeah, Bobby yeah. can get down. Yeah. But I, I feel like uh, I feel like that is um, uh, that's limiting, two-dimensionalizing in a way that uh, that I think the science doesn't back up, and I don't think it's actually doing anything any favors for those children. Yeah, and interestingly, uh, where, where you were going there, which I like, is uh, maybe the idea of teaching styles as opposed to learning styles, mm -hmm. and the idea Absolutely. that as a teacher, let me try different tools to provoke engagement in new ways regardless of whether people love it or even to your other point, even if people don't like it, it's like, I don't really like dance. And it's like, yeah, but we're going to ask you to try it. I'm not good at it. It's like, yeah, but we, we want you to, to learn how to do things that, that maybe are hard for you sometimes. And maybe we can understand why, you know, what about this is hard for you. And like, there's a level of uh, genuine engagement from a teacher when you're sort of exposing the variedness of life and then, both the teacher understanding how her class is responding, but also teaching students to understand, like self-monitor, like understand how you feel, understand your, you know, what, understand yourself as a learner. Where, where do you feel like you're doing better? Okay, that's a good input. And oh, if that's a great way for you to learn, awesome. You're gonna have that for the rest of your life. Here's some other great ways to learn. And, yeah. and, and like try to encourage that sort of uh, intellectual curio curiosity 
uh, about yourself as a learner. And I think the risk around learning styles is that it can just be um, somewhat limiting so that it, you know, you never get the diversity of thought that really would help develop well-rounded people. Yeah. And so if, if really the, uh, the, the sort of meta uh, teaching teachable moment there is to find something that find the things that engage you. Yep. I, I think that's pretty good. And, and so the different teaching styles, I like the construct of teaching styles and, and learning styles, because it's also like there, there, you made this point earlier, Mike, but there are some content that lends itself particularly well to a particular one of these, yes. you know, sort of since debunked styles, like if you're learning our history um, and obviously there are people who are, you know, visually impaired, et cetera, sure. who are yeah. able to become art historians or artists. But for most people, it's probably easier to associate what you're learning with what you're, with what you're looking at. So right, if, if right. you, if you were told in third grade, well, you're not a visual learner, you're just a reading learner. Like right. you may, you like, there may be whole content domains that are, are, um, you know, less accessible to you because of some faulty science that you yeah. were told as a, as a kid. Exactly. And then another area that we've talked about on the show that has harder science behind it and, and more uh, evidence-based research is the idea of the dual coding principle and the picture superiority effect. So the, the idea that when you consolidate memory, to go back to your previous point, when you consolidate memory across more than one uh, perceptual mode, so like you're seeing something visual that's different from what you're hearing, that actually deepens the right. consolidation of the memory. And think about that across multiple dimensions. Uh, there may be an even more substantive like triple coding or quadruple coding where like you're, you're tasting something, smelling it while dancing yeah. and listening and seeing something, right? Like it's like, it's like you put the, you put the, the HoloLens on. It's the immersive chamber, you know, the whole some, thing. With some yeah. aromatherapy. Yeah. And next thing you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a super learning experience. It's perfect. Yeah. One thing that I'd be interested in is, um, and, and listeners, uh, this, is, this is at you. So, so tweet at us, um, find us on Facebook. But um, is, is hearing whether or not this pod has helped changed anybody's mind? Because if, if 90% of people, 90% of educators believe this, I would assume that something like that, maybe higher of, of lay people, so to speak, mm. uh, also believe that this is true. Sure. It's not true, or at right. least we believe it's not true. Like the right. best, like the best literature suggests that these learning styles, it is a myth to be busted. Right. Uh, I'd be interested to hear if we change people's mind, because one thing that's interesting is in these, in these academic papers that are written about it. Yeah. Even the ones that are that are debunking it, which are basically are all of them. Yeah. In something like eighty-six percent of those papers, it starts by talking about the value, the, yes. the, how valuable it is yeah. to have this construct before they go on to say, "But uh, sorry, uh, J.K., uh, it's it's not a real thing." But so it, yeah, it's almost like I've heard the same uh, notion applied to satire: is that like when people are satirizing something, frequently a, a large portion of the audience is just seeing it as a direct read. Right. So like you're, we're there saying like, ah, oh, learning styles, VARC, it's, uh, it's dangerous. Don't, don't fall prey to it. And then if the takeaway is like VARC, I remember VARC, yeah. visual, auditory, <laughs> reading, you know, cause right. like, that's easy to just sort of latch onto. Right. Which, don't uh, do it. Yeah, don't exactly, do it. Exactly. Be careful out there. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's going to do it for this episode on Learning Styles. You heard Brandon's question before. I want to echo it here. Did this podcast help convince you or change your perspective on learning styles? Uh, you made the point if 90% of educators uh, believe this to be the case, uh, maybe our listening population is the same and have you change your viewpoint after listening to this podcast. Share it with friends. Share it with educators. Share it with administrators uh, if you think it's a good topic and one uh, that's really important for educators to have a proper perspective on as they go through their day uh, teaching uh, a multitude of levels of education. So find us on Twitter, as Brandon was saying, it's at Trending in Ed. It's Trending in Ed on Facebook or Trending in Education or Trending in Ed.com. And uh, first and foremost, want to say thanks so much for listening. If you enjoy the podcast, if you are not yet subscribed, it's over on iTunes, Stitcher, tune in. If you are subscribed, leave a comment, leave a rating, and let us know what topics you want us to talk about in the future. With that said, Really appreciate you listening to this episode of Trending in Education.